we have a very fast-paced, digital-first customer world where businesses and customers have a lot to gain, a lot to lose. There's a pressure amongst businesses and, if you like, service providers like ours, whereby, you know, to support and enable businesses and customers to get get the most, get the best out of whether it be uh, experiences, whether it be technology, whether it be content, applications, and data. And I think today with the help of data, you can customize your marketing messages to different users all at different stages of your customer journey. And from a data enrichment perspective, it's all about taking into consideration who your target customers are, uh, what are their purchase channels and touch points that are most relevant to them. So for example, what reasons or triggers are pushing your customers to buy? What shopping channels are moving them down your sales funnel? And one key question that we, you know, I like audience as a data company, we help marketers solve is what does your most important customer look like and how can we help you dig deeper into this segment? So welcome to the third episode of a like audience at tech podcast, where we discuss the latest at tech trends and industry insights in a series of interviews with industry leaders. I'm Jessica. I'm the director of the brand creatives, a boutique agency on brand content for tech companies. And I'm hosting the podcast today. And we've invited Tim Martin, the engagement manager of data transformation at Merkel Australia to share with us how brands can realize the value of data and CXM customer insights, audience activation, and media optimization. Tim has been involved with the internet since 1993. From the beginnings of paid search, Tim has decades of experience in customer interactivity, even before ad tech and programmatic was a buzzword. He has a wealth of experience as an entrepreneur, data consultant, and in customizing platforms for different applications to customer insights and research and tracking. And next, I would also like to introduce Derek Fan, the Director of Business Development and Partnerships at Alike Audience, and Elise Lau, the Chief Strategy Officer at Alike Audience. With a wealth of experience in data as a service startups, Derek currently drives the commercial and go-to-market strategies with platform partners and media agencies worldwide. So today, they will both share their insights on understanding the customer journey and how businesses can succeed today. Um, so perhaps I will kick off the podcast with a question for Tim here, who's our guest. And welcome both of you to the podcast. So Tim, clearly you've been in the industry for a long time and you saw the evolution of the entire ad tag industry from text-based browsers to very sophisticated tracking technologies today. And I'm wondering if you can share some insights on what businesses can learn from the past and how do they adapt in a very constantly changing ad tech landscape today. Yeah, sure. Thanks, thanks Jessica, and, and thanks, Derek, for hosting me. Yes, yeah, so that's a great question. And where I would start would be to say that some of the basic tenets of, of the internet when it comes to advertising haven't changed. So, for example, um, understanding your users. So, in the case of marketing advertising, that's obviously um, customers. So, things like customer journeys and how how people navigate through content, how people navigate through experiences. Some of those things have uh, are very much um, as they were today, as they were at, at the start of the internet. Except that I would say, due to the the variety of platforms, the ver- the variety of content types, and the variety of of ad tech and martech technologies that just, if you like, putting together those 
simple customer journeys and understanding customer needs have become a far more, if you like, complex and complicated piece. So the first thing is really just to continue to understand the users of your website, the users of your app, how people engage, whether it be B2B or B2C, how people are engaging with the content, the services, the e-commerce um, that you're providing as a business. Um, and those, as, as I mentioned, those things were were around in the very early days of the internet when, when people were putting together HTML web pages and constructing links and navigation trees. They're as much relevant today as they are when, when thinking about a complex e-commerce website or an app deployment. Um, so in many respects, understanding customers hasn't, hasn't changed. I think the second thing that hasn't changed is something that you'll probably hear if you attend regular yoga classes or other types of uh, meditation the only constant is change. So, so the other thing is that even in the early days of the internet, move, moving from text-based to browser to, to what you see is what you get through to different types of search engines. You know, we've all experienced the, the rise and fall of, of search engines. Um, AltaVista was one of the, the early ones that I was familiar with. And obviously, later down the track, you, you've got um, search engines like Google that have, that have come into dominance. So, so in one respect, change is something that's a constant. And whether that's the underlying um, ways that, that content's built, so whether that's the, the way that the assets are connected and linked in, in pages, the types of use cases that are being deployed, whether they be e-commerce or subscription or, or search engines or, or um, social media, the plethora and the range of providers, of brands, of publishers, of technologies, really the, the pace of that that change has increased. So that that would be one of the other things that I would say is that the internet essentially is a is almost like a symptom of of rapid change. And and if you look more recently, some of the changes would be in and around the use of data. So that would be in and around privacy regulations and the use of first, second, and third party data. That's that's a major area of change, driven more by by regulation. If you look at some of the the media-based changes that are happening, it's the way that people receive and engage with their content. So that would be, for example, news services or, or streaming services. Um, if you have a look at e-commerce and even payments, if you look at some of the change that's happening there, it's the use of, you know, whether it be PayPal or a credit card or even Bitcoin. So every way, shape or form, the internet is synonymous with change. And, and as the internet develops, there is more and more change and it's driven by either response to regulation or it's driven by new technology or it's driven by consumers themselves. So I hope, hope that helps. Consumer insights on one hand as a constant, change on the other. So let's talk a little bit about consumer insights. Um, so I know Merkel's approach is important for customer success. Um, could you talk a little bit more about how your agency approaches CXM? Yeah, so... Um, I guess if I if I think back to that first point I made around customer insight, which is really around customer engagement. So in the early days, as I said, when designing a, a desktop website, it was around how you created the links between the different web pages. What what was the sort of the HTML linking and coding, and that could be a fairly basic structure. 
And the idea was to guide people through from start to finish, you know, whatever the task was, the way you'd link the structure or the features or functions would be to accomplish that. So in the current days, obviously, that's far more complex, far more complicated. So um, the term CXM is is far more appropriate. So Merkle is a leader in, in CXM, which is customer experience management. That's what that stands for. And ultimately, it's recognition that we have a very fast-paced, digital-first customer world. Um, where businesses and customers have a lot to gain and a lot to lose. So, so really, there's a there's a pressure amongst businesses and and if you like service providers like ours, whereby you know to support and enable businesses and customers to get get the most, get the best out of whether it be uh, experiences, whether it be technology, um, whether it be content applications and data. So. So CXM in in the Merkle world is very much an all-encompassing, I guess, concept, which deals primarily with um, customer and business experience, but in and around that expertise, in and around data transformation, which is how how businesses utilise data um, to enhance customer experience through to, to, if you like, digital transformation, which is very much around um, deploying techniques, whether they be design thinking techniques or user experience techniques or you know, prototyping um, techniques, um, you know, all sorts of creative techniques to design and, and develop and test in an agile way um, the delivery, if you like, the, the creative and the build and delivery of customer experience. And I guess the last piece to that really is around um, platforms. So, you know, investment in, in a DMP, for example, or a CDP or, or some sort of ad tech or marketing tech to facilitate personalization. So customer experience very has CXM has quite a, a broad definition, but ultimately it's it's driven by um, if you like the word customer, um, which as I mentioned before, has its roots in the early days of the internet as much as it does in, in modern times. So so think data, think technology, um, and and think customer experience as as all important parts of, of CXM. Thank you, Tim. So it seems that the focus on customer experience is quite important for brands. And Derek, I know you've consulted on many brands on scaling up their first party strategy. Can you also share some of your insights on that um, along with Tim's? Sure. And thank you so much for having me again on another episode of the Alike Audience podcast. That's not about connected TV this time. And it's very nice to cross paths with you again, Tim. Uh, so I think with the landscape having such a big component of audience targeting going away, which is uh, third-party cookies, marketers definitely need to place first-party data as the top priority. Like Tim said, customer experience it really boils down to uh, your customers. So your first-party data, what you know about them. And really in order to do so uh, moving forward without third-party cookies, brands, I think uh, they will need to continually invest in acquiring new prospects, especially through their digital channels if they haven't already done so I think, for example, um, and really this depends on uh, the nature of your business, uh, the degree to which you can actually gather data about customers can be very different. So, for example, an e-commerce website, uh, you would have a wide range of very valuable PII you can work with, such as usernames, logins, email addresses, uh, loyalty programs, e even physical addresses. And this is all on top of 
the behavioral attributes that they are already gathering, such as the browsing behaviors on the e-commerce site, the search behaviors on the e-commerce site, their past purchases. But if you think, on the other hand, uh, a CPG brand is going to be at a relatively dis- relatively disadvantaged position, um, really, and this is due to, again, their nature of their business. They rely on retail partners and distribution channels to get their products on the shelves and to consumers. So now when we consult with brands, we're we're seeing a lot of brands shifting towards a digital first approach. Uh, CPG brands in particular are moving towards direct to consumer channels. I like audience when we consult with clients that have this gap, we really try to push them to start thinking about how they want their target audiences to learn about their business and interact with their brands, especially in digital environments. And even for brands that already have a number of different data sources uh, and data traffic across their digital properties, it's still important to bear this concept in mind because once third-party cookies are blocked, tracking will stop and no new information will be added. So from a targeting uh, data targeting perspective, again, how are you going to source quality leads? And I believe this is where revisiting your top of funnel strategy will kickstart this first party data collection process. Once you have an idea of the types of users you want to target, working with data companies and external data sources can accelerate this process by helping you acquire larger volumes of audiences and prospects in a shorter amount of time and giving you that incremental reach that you would need to get off the ground uh, to drive brand awareness and really fill your sales funnel with quality prospects. And from that point on, the cycle continues. So um, like Tim mentioned, uh, you start analyzing again what's working in driving your KPI in your overall customer journey and what is not. You will get a sense of what might be the next best action for uh, next best uh, uh, touch point to uh, enhance, to reach, engage better with your customer and being agile enough to really make those changes quickly so you can tailor uh, offerings to match with the most up-to-date interests and preferences of your users, which is the essence of a CDP. Thank you, Derek, for the insight. That was very helpful. So let's talk a little bit more about CDPs then. Uh, do Derek and Tim, would you have advice on how businesses should choose and implement their vendors? And do you have any specific advice around uh, CDPs specifically? I'm happy to chip in, Derek. So CDPs are a, a, an emerging technology which most brands will have heard of in some shape or form. Um, so to some degree, they're, uh, I suppose, a substitute or a, or a future replacement for a DMP. Um, the focus of a CDP is clearly collecting and managing first-party data. So even considering the role of a CDP in a client's business is, is really the first, first point because a CDP can fulfill a number of functions. It, it could fulfill a function around data unification, for example. Um, it could fill a, a function around um, analytics, so understanding what, what customers are doing on your own um, digital platform, whether that be desktop, mobile, app. Beyond that, um, they also can play a role in terms of things like activation. So that could be re-engaging existing customers or helping determine from a set of anonymous visitations, you know, some segments that might have a uh, a future um, next best action or, or propensity to engage or, or, or buy from your business. So, so the main thing about CDPs is that um, each one of the CDP vendors has a range of features and functions that, it, that it's good at doing 
Um, there's not one CDP that's that's built to to be specialist in across all the possible use cases. That's one aspect. The the second aspect is obviously aligning in a business where where a CDP or an investment in a CDP would best sit. Would it be best sitting with the data team, or or the information technology team, or for example, the marketing team, or even the loyalty team? So, so there's aspects in around um, considering CDPs around um, use cases, but also stakeholders in the business who stand to gain and perhaps have the most most to benefit through to. Uh, considerations around privacy and consent, data collection, use of that data, uh, and outside of the out-of-the-box features and functions of a CDP, what sort of analytics, whether that be machine learning or some bespoke analytics, what types of cloud-based services would also complement that CDP. Um, so, so some examples would be sophisticated scoring of, of first-party customer engagement using algorithms that run on Amazon, right? Um, working hand-in-hand hand with CDP in order to uh, perhaps predict or determine what that personalised message next best, best action could be, whether that's an email, whether that's content, um, whether that's an SMS. So, so CDPs um, do have a very important role when it comes to, to first-party data. Um, that said, um, CDPs also have an important role when it comes to considering data enrichment. And I know that's probably another area that, that Derek might, might be interested in, in delving into. CDPs, to some degree, are a useful platform for a single source of truth or a single source of data storage, um, providing that CDP vendor um, has got those features and functions available or can be bought brought together with some cloud, cloud-based data storage or cloud-based analytics services. So, so lots of considerations in terms of investing in, of, of deploying, implementing, in, and delivering the benefits which CDPs offer. Uh, probably more complex, I would say, than, than implementing a DMP using third-party cookies, which, as, as Derek mentioned, is, is something which is being superseded because of the, the demise of third-party cookies. So dealing with first-party data brings its own own complexities and nuances um, in addition to a CDP implementation. Thank you, Tim. And so it seems like it is not, uh, there definitely sounds a little more complicated than the DMP. And what about you, Derek? Um, do you have any thoughts on CDPs or data enrichment? Uh, the concept that Tim brought up is that CDPs is all about centralizing your disparate data and traffic sources across all the different marketing initiatives and touch points you have going on. And then ultimately having that single customer view or that single source of data storage so that you could deliver personalized messaging and tailored experiences. And I think today with the help of data, you can customize your marketing marketing messages to different users all at different stages of your customer journey. And from a data enrichment perspective, it's all about taking into consideration who your target customers are, uh, what are their purchase channels and touch points that are most relevant to them. So for example, what reasons or triggers are pushing your customers to buy? What shopping channels are moving them down your sales funnel? And one key question that we, you know, I like audience as a data company, we help marketers solve is what does your most important customer look like and how can we help you dig deeper into this segment? 
So for example, in addition to how they've interacted with your brand in the past, whether that's subscribing to your newsletter, clicked on an ad of yours, visited your website, et cetera. In addition to all of these, what more about them can you uncover? For example, their demographic information, like average age, gender, household income, their life stage, their other interests. So, so working with external data sources outside of your own marketing touch points allows you to enrich your existing data and enrich what you already know about your uh, customers. It's really a way for you to fill in gaps um, and color to your current understanding of your consumers and discover more patterns, which in turn puts you one step closer to a really, a truly 360 degree view of the customer who are actually purchasing your product. And what this ultimately does is help you make the most informed decisions on how to improve your segmentation, your targeting tactics and messaging while scaling up your first party data. And I think, like audience, we we help brands make these informed decisions through our data universe, and that helps you uncover more information about your customers that you may not have direct access to. Uh, for example, additional information about the person's socioeconomic statuses, their household income and composition, uh, more visibility into the person's past purchase behaviors outside of your brand, their interaction with your competitor brands, and just general mobile behaviors that would shed more light in to um, the lifestyle behaviors of that user. So I, I would recommend to uh, marketers that are navigating through this uh, uh, new normal uh, is that if you decide to work with an external data source, do make sure that they can add proper value to, from their universe into the existing profiles of your core customers. And in that way, you can then uh, drive better outcomes through the different channels that you have going on. Like, like Tim said, maybe it's the SMS um, um, as a channel, uh, as a touch point would be the most effective in engaging with your customer. And so having those data sources would allow you to do that. Thank you. So I think we've covered a lot of ground uh, in our questions today. And I thought it was really helpful what Tim said about the constant change in the industry and the businesses have to just adapt to that. And we also covered a little bit on first party strategy and CDPs and CXM and as well as data enrichment. So um, if we were to tie it all together, what do you think that the future of the data collection and at tech will look like? I know it's hard to predict, um, but I would love to hear both your thoughts for businesses. Maybe if I go first, Derek, um, a couple of things to consider for businesses is that with the demise of first-party cookies, um, the solution is not just a technology enablement piece. So, so for example, third-party cookies was easy to, to tag up. It was easy to uh, collect data in a DMP and, and then and run some um, segmentation or some clustering or some cohorts or whatever whatever you might think and then and then integrate those with ac action points whether they be trading platforms or programmatic right so so that technology ecosystem essentially was set up to accommodate over a number of years that third party data driven cookie based system moving forward we have more complexities around data capture so that will consider more aspects of privacy for example and, and consent. So, so those processes become, uh, I suppose, um, more closely looked at, right, um, in terms of privacy and regulation and the legal aspects. Um, the storage of that data in terms of CDPs, again, that's essentially a new, a new platform for a lot of businesses. You know, they haven't, haven't had experience. They need to get it 
support in, whether it's it's Merkel or the CDP vendors themselves. So, so that's the second piece. And I think the third piece is what you might call the value exchange with the customer. Remember, we talked about customers. Things haven't, things have got more complicated. There's a lot more to offer. There's a lot more different channels, a lot more content. Ultimately, customers are still looking for that value, right? Whether it's to achieve some uh, transactional outcome or whether it's to gain some content or to perform a search or to, to buy something or anything in between. So, so there is this value exchange concept, which is before you're automatically tracked. <laughs> now, right, you're not automatically tracked unless you agree to it. And the tracking really is on the basis of first-party data-driven measurement, tracking, capture. So c- consumers then think, okay, Shall I shall I agree to that or sh- shall I not? What what's the outcome for me as the consumer? What's the value? Right? Am I going to get? Am I going to watch some trailers or some movies for free? That sounds like a good exchange. You know, do I get a um, dollar fifty if I hand my data over? Right? And and that's that that data is being used to promote more personal offers. So so I think that's the big the big area which is is the value exchange between consumers and businesses more of a much more of a focus um, so hopefully those three areas are, um, are something that businesses will take into account as i mentioned over to you derek sure um from my side i think um i can comment on the data perspective i'm i think for one we're, we're definitely going through the next technological wave in our industry and it's still evolving as we speak um and i think a key question i would probably pose to our customers and and just marketers in general out there is how are you going to future proof your business in the upcoming cookie-less landscape um, and, and while you navigate the nuances of the different IDs that are going to be in the market, just make sure that your business is also agile enough to integrate with different leading alternative IDs uh, out there uh, so you can continue to engage with customers seamlessly uh, in the future. And I think I'm especially excited to see how all these different moving pieces uh, will and changes will fall into place in the near future of our industry. And especially with the growing importance of first-party data and CDPs and, and just knowing how to work with external partners and data sources would be able to help you facilitate, uh, would facilitate this overarching transition that we're going through. Thank you. I love both the perspectives. Um, I love the idea of um, businesses integrating with new identity solutions. And also with, I agree with Tim's perspective of the value exchange. So thank you so much for taking the time to share your insights, Eric. And thank you, Tim. So you've brought a lot of value to businesses navigating the ad tech landscape today. Um, And thank you for listening to the podcast. For more podcast episodes from a like audience, hit the subscribe button and don't forget to leave us a review and tag us on social. Transcripts are on the website's podcast page on alikeaudience.com. And for more information about a like audience, audience segmentation offerings, you can visit our website and you can also learn more about Merkle on the Merkle Australia website. Thank you. Thank you.